What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is the Aftermath, Episode 6. I'm Grant, joined by my co-hosts CJ and Chris. I was out last week, uh, so CJ and Chris were on, on the episode there. Had to get my computer fixed and uh, wasn't available for you guys. So, But uh, CJ and Chris, they killed it, as usual. Um, but, you know, we're going to be coming back with you guys. Uh, for for some uh, NFL updates right now. Um, so let's just start it off really quick, guys. No BS. Uh, what do you guys think about the Jamal Adams situation? Man, I think it's funny that you got a guy wanting to get out of New York. You know, they say it's the place to be. All You always hear about big market, big stars, and Jamal Adams is done. So I think that's funny, kind of funny that he's ready to go to the contender, doesn't want to wait around for their rebuilding and somebody's going to get a heck of a safety that's young. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch play go down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> if I'm Jamal, I wouldn't want to be in an organization really, to be honest. Like, he's been there for, what, since 17? He was a top 10 pick. So, and like you said, he's been waiting for their rebuild. And obviously that organization has shown that they're not competent enough to build around him. So, or the team hasn't really showed any progress. So, if I'm him, I would definitely want to go to a contender. He's obviously a top five safety in the league and do it all. I think the only weakness he had really is covering like maybe deep third. But other than that, everything inside the box he could do, blitz, tackle, cover. So if I'm him, I would definitely want to not waste my prime on a team who's not trying to build and trying to win right now because he's definitely elite for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that – I mean, Jamal Adams, you know, as everybody knows, um, he named the Chiefs as one of the – I think it was seven teams that he wanted to go to mm-hmm. or that he would be willing to – or open to signing an extension with essentially, or willing to be traded to or however you want to put it. Um, and I think that obviously, you know, the chiefs are one of the best teams of the league. I think Jamal, he would uh, jump at that opportunity to go to Kansas city. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's realistic that we could give him an extension, especially with Chris Jones, the Chris Jones situation right now. So, I mean, if Chris Jones is involved in that trade, which, you know, that's not something that I would welcome, but, I think that if that was to happen, I think we could give Jamal Adams an extension. And, you know, obviously that offers flexibility for Tyron Matthew down the road. You know, he is, you know, getting up, he's getting going towards his 30s. Uh, he's got two years left on his deal. So, you know, by the end of his contract, I don't know what the situation is going to be, you know, with Tyron Matthew. Uh, so, you know, in two years when Jamal Jamal Adams is a free agent. Tyron Matthews is a free agent. You know, you could kind of decide between those two guys who you want to move forward with. Um, but I think that I, I tweeted it out today. Uh, if if the Chiefs really wanted to go all in and uh, trade for Jamal Adams, they could trade for Jamal Adams and keep Chris Jones while extending Mahomes. Obviously, that is crazy. It's going to be an all in situation, and it's going to be a huge risk after twenty twenty one having all those guys on your roster, but. Essentially, you would have to extend Travis Kelsey and um, you know move some of his money, his cap hit around for 2020, and then uh, you know you're gonna have to look at cutting guys like Austin Reader, um, Daniel Sorensen, uh, Damian Wilson. Those are some guys that you're gonna have to look at moving, um, and also you're gonna have to ask Chris Jones to take a backloaded deal similar to what Frank Clark got from the Chiefs. So. I mean, it's definitely possible. It would be an all-in move similar to what the Rams did with Jalen Ramsey last year, and we saw how that worked out. Um, but I think that Jamal Adams is a different player. 
I think that he basically offers the same skill set that Tyron Matthew offers with his ability to play in the slot. But for Jamal Adams, it's his ability to play in the box and flourish in the box and, you know, cover running backs and tight ends, which was coincidentally our biggest issue on defense last year. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, it's just he there's no way he's coming coming to KC. And I almost like I think he might be a year early on jumping the gun trying to leave the Jets, if we're being honest. Like I know that organization has shown dysfunction and you know, Sam Darnold, you know, the jury's still out of him. A lot of people think he's closer to a bust, but they are starting to put some pieces around. He once he came once Darnold did come back from um Mono. He looked a little better than the whole seeing ghost incident. They've got some offensive linemen. They still have Le'Veon Bell. That offense is probably going to be better this year. And I just, if Jamal Adams leaves, like if he goes, say he goes to Dallas or Philly and, you know, Dallas goes eight and eight again, or Carson Wentz gets hurt in Philly and you're leaving the Jets where there's no more Tom Brady. Do we really know how good Josh Allen is? The Dolphins are in rebuild. Like it may not be, a terrible idea for Jamal Adams to maybe take another year. I know he doesn't want to extend with the Jets, but I think there's a lot of things that that organization's right now to where at least it shouldn't be, I want to leave right now kind of thing. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably just trying to think maybe do it too early before it's too late. Like, obviously, like the like we said, the organization hasn't really shown any reason to build around him. Another reason, the main thought I've I believe why he wants to go is because his name has been in multiple trade rumors for like a couple of years in a row. And obviously if he's a guy you truly want to build around, you would give him a contract, no hesitation. So his name keeps popping up in rumors. You're not giving me a deal. He obviously wanted to stay there. So why not just get the deal done? Even if it's team friendly or not, you haven't really shown any commitment towards me and my name keeps popping up in rumors. So for him, it's probably just not like any trust between him and the front office. I know their GM had like some slack last year for, like, obviously, like, um, they were tackle. I think is how you say his name. People were kind of frustrated the way the team treated him. They had to, they were trying to make him play with a torn rotator cuff, I believe. So it's just a lot of things, like the front office and the way they treat players. So and obviously, a lot of people aren't fond of Adam Gates. I think a report came out today that Jamal Adams said that's one of the reasons why he's leaving. Him and Gates don't have a connection. So I think it's a lot of things off the field and so obviously on the field that are big as well. But, yeah, front office and, like, management stuff is probably a big reason why he wants to go. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think honestly, I mean, the Jets are trash, um, and I think that Jamal Adams, you know, he's leveraging the fact that the Jets are trash and saying, you know, I want, I want an extension because you know we're not competing for anything. Now I want my extension now. Whereas, like, if he goes to a team that actually has a chance at competing, uh, I think he could, you know, he's already said that he would consider, you know, pushing that pushing the extension talk back a little bit if he's on a team that's competing and he, and he knows can, you know, improve his stock. He's not improving his stock in New York. So I think that that's why he wants his extension now from that team. And if he was to go somewhere else, I think that, you know, he would potentially, potentially forgo uh, demanding that extension. But I mean, we'll have to see how this plays out. I mean, it's, it's going to take a lot of capital to acquire Jamal Adams, whoever does it, if anyone does it all. So we'll have to see. I I think that I'm not sure that Adam Gase and the rest of that camp is going to be in New York much longer. So if that's the case and a new regime comes in, I think Jamal Adams could get his extension pretty quickly from that team uh, because they know what his what he's worth. So 
Um, moving on to the next topic, uh, the Chiefs training camp plans. So that was actually released this week. Uh, they are returning to Arrowhead and they're going to be practicing and uh, hosting training camp at the Chiefs training facility um, at Arrowhead, which is, as Chris was saying uh, before the show, it's like the first time they've done that since the 90s, I believe. So uh, that could be very interesting. I'll be intrigued to see if they allow fans there or not. I'm hoping they do, um, at least media, because we're hoping to have uh, credentials at that point. So um, if, if we are not allowed there, that would that would suck pretty bad because we were – uh, you know, in line to get credentialed for training camp this year. So, you know, hoping all that works out. But, I mean, training camp at uh, Arrowhead will be pretty cool regardless. Um, I'm going to be excited. I'm hoping it's better documented. Training camp is better documented than it was, you know, in St. Joe because I think they know that people go there and watch and they don't need to, you know, record a ton of stuff or post a lot about it. So I'm hoping that that changes. I'm hoping that, you know, we get a little bit more inside look into training camp this year. Um with the new plans. Yeah, it's just a bummer that they're not in St. Joseph this season as a recent Missouri Western grad, you know, so I'm a little biased. Um, How about those grits? Right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, especially for me, like last year, I, as a senior, I got to participate in uh, at the training camp as a um, student media. Well, actually, as part of St. Joseph media, but like, you know, it's, it's taking away opportunities from students like that when you're in your own facility. And those are, that's the kind of the thing I'm looking at it as, which I'm sure not a lot of people are too worried about, but like, you know, it's fun for it go up for a day as a, as, um, as a media member or just as a family member to go somewhere different, somewhere where you don't always see the chiefs and just to have that different kind of experience outside of Arrowhead, outside of Kansas city. So that's something I think that they're really going to miss this year. I understand why it's happening. And if I think I saw that the chiefs made a pitch, you know, trying to, uh, to the NFL trying to argue that, you know, going to St. Joe only being an hour away didn't pan out. But, you know, it's just going to be a little different feeling this year having it in Kansas City. No, I completely agree. Obviously, yeah, for a lot of, I know a lot, I have a lot of friends that play ball <coughs> at, at West too, Chris. So, yeah, it's definitely different. A lot of people are disappointed because <coughs> they look forward to that every single year, not only the players, but the coaching staff and the um, the community, the people that live around there, the alumni that are from there. Everybody looks forward to that. I know I look forward to making that drive because it's only like a 30, 40 minute drive for me. So I like going up there to see the players and you get like that on top feel. You get more of like a one on one setting. You could talk to them, take pictures and do everything, interact with the players. I love going up there, watching one on ones and watching 707, 1111, things like that sort. So it's right. definitely going to be missed. Um, I'm just more so like just like upset that like we just can't have access to the players. And obviously we all know for the reasons why because of COVID-19 and everything, which I completely understand the safety and I'm all for that. But it's just as a football fan, you just love interacting with your players and not having that ability is definitely going to suck. But as long as we have football on Sundays when September hits for that opener, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and on what Chris was saying, um, yeah, they're, they tried to appeal it to have training camp at St. Joe, which – Honestly, it doesn't really make sense to me because you would think that these guys being in dorms, secluded in dorms, like away from their families and whatnot, would be safer than them going home right. to see their families in Kansas City and then, you know, coming back to practice, you know, where they're going to be, you know, spreading stuff. So at least if they were in St. Joe, they would be able to keep it contained, which doesn't really make much sense to me. But I mean, I guess the NFL knows what they're doing. Maybe not. Um, so... 
we'll we'll see what happens. And yeah, CJ, I agree, man. Uh, training camp is you know one of my favorite parts of the year, and I was really looking forward to going up there this year. You know, with all the people, hopefully having other people from Arrowhead Live up there with us, and you know, just that would basically, be so dope. That would be so yeah, dope. yeah. It was pretty cool last year. I mean, we only had like four people that was working for us at last year's training camp. So, um, I mean, we were all up there hanging out and we were there for two or three days, but I mean, I look forward to it and I'm just hoping, uh, CJ, you're coming down for the Cowboys chiefs preseason game. I'm hoping that's one of the games that they keep, uh, if they go down to go down to two games instead of four. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's week three. They should keep it. And obviously like, that's a big money game. Everybody's going to watch it because Jerry world, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. I would hope that's the one they definitely would keep. They'll keep one road, one home game. So right. that that far of a trip. So I would definitely keep that one on the market. You know, Jerry wants that little money he's going to get from the August preseason. So he definitely wants to keep that game on the schedule. Right. Now I'll definitely be down there. So well, I will all be the Arrowhead Live people, I know you and Christian are coming down. So if anybody else is coming down, we're definitely going to be having a tailgate. Bro, we should do like some kind of like visual podcast or video podcast or something, bro, on site. That would be super dope. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll do some live stuff for sure. I mean, yeah. that's definitely in the plan. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, tickets are probably going to be like regular season tickets because they're going to have stuff tarped off. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Exactly. But tailgating, tailgating is always, you know, free. You just got to pay for, for, uh, parking, but you know, we'll get, we'll get it figured out for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then as I was saying with the NFL tarping stuff off, um, this brings us to the next topic. Uh, the NFL is looking into changing the seating rules for NFL stadiums. So basically what they're talking about doing uh, to reduce exposure for players and fans is to basically tarp off the first eight rows um, in the bottom ring and, you know, use that for advertising. It's, I mean, it would separate the fans from the players by, I guess, probably 30 feet or so, 50 feet, something like that. Um, so, I mean, that that could be something that could be interesting. Um, maybe throw an Arrowhead Live advertisement out there in Arrowhead. There we go. Company, man. It probably cost me about 10 grand, but who knows? Who knows, what, who knows what's going to be happening by that point? So Just dish it out, man. Got to get that revenue back. It'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta get we gotta get that revenue rolling once the season starts. Exactly. Now, now we actually have like a system set up with our website and the podcasts and everything, and then we have the store going. Man, we could actually be rolling in some revenue here uh, later in the year whenever the season gets going and we start getting some attention. So, not to get off topic real quick, but I saw those Frank Clark shirts that are coming. Those Man, are those look those nice, are dope, bro. Oh time. yeah. I love that design. Shout out to Red Kingdom. Shout out to Arrowhead Live. Man, those things are dope. Yeah, Christian, Christian, definitely killing it for us. And uh, you know, we're be, we're moving these shirts like crazy. I think, I think on the first two designs we dropped. For those of you listening, go to shoparrowheadlive.com. Get you guys a shirt uh, or five or however many you want. Um, for the first shirts. couple of shirts that we've dropped, I think we've sold uh, probably two hundred and fifty shirts total. And it's been 17 days. Nice. So, Dang, we just turned our podcast into real trying to get that advertisement going on. To get it on those first eight rows. There you go. (laughs) But uh, do you think there's still – Like I'm just kind of segueing back into the fans, NFL seating. um, Is What do you think the capacity is going to be like uh, they're going to allow Arrowhead at that time? You know, they're going to have the first eight. They're already already taking off the eight – 
first eight rows, like how many people do you think they're going to allow in the, in the I would guess I like mean, 60 to 70 percent, something like that. I think it really comes down to what the situation is at that point, honestly. Uh, I think they're going to do a little trial run with the preseason. I'm hoping that's what they do and see, you know, what what's safe and what isn't. I, I just don't see how whether you have 30,000 people or you have 60,000 people in there. Either way. I don't really see what the difference is going to be because people are going to be going to the same bathrooms. People are going to be, you know, going to the same concession stands. Like, I I don't see what the point is of reducing the number of people. I understand separating the players from the fans and keeping that social distancing because, you know, if the players get infected or whatever, then, you know, that's a whole different situation. But, you know, for the fans, they're going to be coming in through the same entrances, uh, the same concession stands, same bathroom, same everything. Um, So I don't really see what, I mean, whether there's people sitting, you know, five feet apart or people are sitting right next to each other, you know, people are going to be moving around anyway. So unless they have, they literally have seats like blocked off and, you know, they have people like monitoring bathrooms and whatnot. Right. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Enter at your own risk kind of thing. Like, yeah, that, yeah, basically. The line is going to be even more crazy at the bathroom now. It's already packed. <laughs> I is- know, for real. <laughs> They're going to have to have porter potties set up Everywhere. outside of the bathrooms for people. Six feet, six feet apart, six feet apart. Yeah, and they're going to have to have people in there uh, sanitizing them as you go to the bathroom with you. So I would hate to have that job. <laughs> and they're going to be in there with you in the stall for sure. <laughs> the NFL is lucky, though, in the sense that, you know, with baseball coming back and the NBA going to do their thing and, you know, some of these other sports, that they will kind of get to see how right. what the reaction is like it's not like they're the ones doing the blind test obviously they're they have you know the capacities they feel is much greater than those other two sports but um you know they they won't they won't get all the testing out first they'll get to kind of see what other what other sports did right i mean i i get it um i think that you know they're probably going to demand that people wear masks um which is fine i get that uh i just don't you know i i just don't see it's either all it's either all or nothing to me because it's like people are if people are going to get sick people are going to get sick um and i i understand reducing the exposure but whenever you have thirty thousand people in a stadium or sixty thousand people in a stadium you're going to have the same outcome It, it it just doesn't matter so to me, yeah, but there's still thirty thousand less people in the in the stadium that well, aren't right. I mean, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, but thirty thousand. I mean, that's still a lot of people. Either thirty or sixty. Either way, is a lot of people. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, if if your goal is to if your goal is to reduce exposure and reduce people from getting infected, then you're just gonna have to go to zero. Exactly. Either or or, or, just, or just do families. Exactly. Because thir- if you're 30,000 people, people are going to get infected. So that's what I'm saying. I don't see the difference. I mean, I understand what you're saying, Chris, where, yeah, it's 30,000 less people. But these 30,000 people that are going to be in the stadium on one day, uh, the next day they're going to go out and they're going to go grocery shopping and they're going to go to their offices right. and everything. And it's, it's going to have the same effect ultimately. So, you know, if that's the effect that it's going to have. So, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, stuff gets sorted out at that point And, you know, the NFL uses the MLB and – hockey and basketball as guinea pigs and then they kind of use preseason as 
as a situation as for, for guinea pig games as well. And, you know, they can come to a definitive conclusion. But, you know, the NFL is also in a tough situation because that's right when, you know, they've been talking about the second wave happening uh, whenever, you know, fall and winter. So that's where it's supposed to kick back up. So, man, you never know. It's going to be an interesting situation. Um, and I don't even care if they go down to zero fans in the stadium. I just want to see football. Exactly. Uh, and I think, that, exactly. I think that if they keep these players in a bubble, we'll be all right. <laughs> I know they, they said they, they cut out the Hall of Fame game, so this preseason is definitely going to be a big test for sure what they're going to do. And now we just found right. out they're only doing two preseason games, so it's going to be even more crucial to what they do, especially with the new rule changes and how they're going to separate guys. A lot of coaches I've been watching sports talk shows this week, they've been – complaining because they feel some of the coaches are not following the guidelines some coaches are following procedures some are like towing a line some are going over the line like did you guys hear about some fans like mad about russell wilson working out with dk metcalf but then when tom brady did the exact same thing people weren't as mad so it's a whole ordeal it's definitely going to be a crazy next month and a half for sure right i mean who knows we could have a vaccine by september exactly Exactly. You never know what, you know, what kind of breakthroughs they're going to have and whatnot. Um, and talking on, you know, the same kind of situation, um, you know, plans that they have for, you know, moving forward with the COVID stuff. Um, the NFL is talking about going from the, the practice squad was just increased from 10 players to 12 players for um, for the new CBA. And now they're talking about going from 12 to 16 for this season just to compensate for decreased training camps and, you know, OTAs, mini camps, et cetera. So they're talking about adding four more practice squad spots uh, that could potentially, you know, give guys a chance that otherwise, you know, could have had a better chance during a normal season to make the roster. So, you know, they've gone from basically they're talking about adding six spots total to the practice squad, which could definitely be an interesting situation because the Chiefs have a lot of players that, I uh, practice squad potential players that I, I really like. Um, I know we talked about a few weeks ago um, the 12 guys that we thought could make it, but um, some other guys that I personally think could make it outside of outside of those 12 is a guy like Andrew Soro. Um, they could potentially carry a second punter in Tyler Newsom and you know let him and Tommy Townsend continue to compete. Uh, I think that a guy like Tim Ward, defensive end with with high upside and other defensive end, Tershawn Wharton with high upside. You know, Andy Reid always likes to carry a few extra offensive linemen. Uh, you know, John Lovett. So guys like that I think are guys that could uh, potentially benefit uh, from this situation. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to benefit anyone that seems to have a, has a higher floor, you know, not a project, a guy that may need a few years or anything like that. It's going to be the guys that maybe not quite ready to uh, – um, be on the NFL stage, but are are closer than maybe some guys that are a little more talented than them. Um, and you guys, you kind of hit. I like you know we always already talked about John Levitt potentially making the roster straight up, but he's definitely going to be on the right. practice squad at this if, uh, with sixteen. And there's a few other guys like that. And you know, um, Jordy Forston, the receiver, has been there for a couple for a year or two. Um, he's definitely going to be on. So there's just guys like that, that if they've been around a year that they like, kind of, they like something in them. Those are going to be the guys that they for sure keep now. Yeah. There's definitely going to give a lot of extra opportunity, especially with all this going on. Like, you know, like 
knock on wood, but like things happen, especially injuries always do, but especially you no know, mini camp and no OTAs, like hamstrings pop, ACLs unfortunately get torn, and, and Achilles, like I know the Eagles just lost one of their guards when Achilles, so injuries are definitely going to happen. So extra lineman depth is important. I definitely think it's going to carry extra DBs. So I think a guy like Javaris Davis out of Auburn has a chance to make the roster uh, or definitely or be, or be on the practice squad. Um, I know me and Christian were big on Lipscomb out of Vanderbilt. I know everybody's high on him. He has a chance to make the practice squad as well. I know we were all like Daryl Williams a lot out of Mississippi State. He may actually make the roster straight up. So it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. I do like the Tommy Townsend aspect, especially with Colquitt um, retiring from the team as well. So um, this uh, training camp slash practice squad situation is definitely going to open up a lot of opportunities for a lot of different guys for sure. Yeah, and I think I think this benefits the Chiefs quite a bit because the Chiefs always do well with their practice squad guys. For sure. uh, so I think, and they always have a few guys that always get plucked away, and um, so I think that you know the the NFL going from ten to twelve, and then potentially from twelve to sixteen for the twenty twenty season, the Chiefs could definitely benefit from this, and uh, you know the other additional rules of being able to elevate two practice squad players per week, um, I think that that could definitely help the Chiefs as well. So you know it's it's going to definitely going to be an interesting next several months. Uh, following the NFL to see what happens, but I think that I think that ultimately they're going to get it all figured out, and you know we'll be good to go and we'll be watching football, regular season football in September. That's my prediction. I don't think anything's going to stop the NFL from, you know, from moving forward. The NFL is a unstoppable force. <laughs> it sure seems like it. It's the biggest money maker in sports. They got to. Right. Yeah. Ro- I don't think I don't think Roger Goodell cares about. Uh, he does whatever the owners tell him to do, mainly exactly. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and nobody has more power in sports, or no owners in sports have more power than the NFL owners. So, facts. We'll we'll definitely see we'll definitely see what what comes of all of this. And I think that you know after this season, I think that it's kind of pushed all sports leagues, you know, kind of to the edge here, uh, and it's forcing them to you know broaden their perspective. I think that. I think that in the end that this will benefit all sports and that, you know, we'll come out on the better end of things with uh, the sports world after the uh, COVID 2020 seasons. <laughs> well, that, that about wraps it up guys. Um, that is the aftermath episode six. Go check out our shirts on shop arrowheadlive.com. We got, uh, as Chris mentioned and CJ mentioned, we got the two, uh, Frank Clark shirts in, in yellow and white uh, that we are actually testing right now uh, as we speak. So once those test prints are done, we're going to be launching those shirts. Hopefully, let's shoot for next Saturday, so the first Saturday of July. And uh, you guys go check that out and you know buy yourself some merch, support Arrowhead Live, and uh, get us to the point to where we can uh, throw some advertisements on the first eight rows at Arrowhead Stadium. That's the dream. Get your merch, merch, people. (laughs) Thanks for listening.